Let's give the Lord praise tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you have your Bible, let's go to the book of Malachi, the fourth chapter. while you're turning there, I want to say thank you to all of this youth council. And I consider it an honor to be here tonight to be asked to preach. I count it a privilege to have served uh, this wonderful body of believers for this last few years. Got a lot of memories. One of the greatest memories I remember was the year it all began and our evangelist, Brother Cody Marks, who did an outstanding job. And that very first night, before we could even say anything, Brother Nathan Morton, going to make announcements, just simply stated, let's praise the Lord. And 30 minutes later, we were still going, and we had to just give it to Brother Marks and let him do what only God can do through him. Those are the memories I have of Peak. Is anybody grateful for what God has been and done in your life? Hallelujah. Give honor to all those present and past that have served with the youth council, all of the pastors that are here and youth leaders and youth pastors and men of God, and to the saints and young people. If it wasn't for you, none of us would even be here. Amen. And uh, look at your neighbor, tell them that God's crazy about you. Amen. Y'all have a little bit left? pausing to get our breath. It's like halftime. Get your Gatorade. Get your Snickers bar. Get it down because we're fixing to go up. Last night, Brother Prado, he's cool, ain't he? I mean, he is the essence of cool. then today brother copeland if y'all ain't saved by now summer is well nigh spent and we are not saved well i don't know if tonight's night to get saved tonight's a shouting night in fact this is a holy ghost party for everybody that's already saved saved tonight you're gonna have to plan on getting saved because we ain't looking for you we just gonna celebrate a little bit you may as well repent real quick talk in tongues and join the party uh, i don't know if this ever happened at a meeting i'm gonna read out of malachi and i ain't gonna preach on tithing all right malachi chapter four verse number one For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly, shall be stubble. And the day cometh shall burn them up, 
saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. And ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. Brother Prado said there was a herd of women. I ain't going to touch that one. Ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked. For they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. In the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. And from this passage of scripture, verse number 2. I want to preach this subject, when the cows grow up. When the cows grow up. Give the Lord the biggest hand clap you've given him all day long. And shout for the victory tonight. We can shout better than that. Lift your voice like a trumpet and praise Him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated when the cows grow up. I don't have no deep message tonight. I'm going to leave that for the smart folks coming tomorrow. But I'm just warning you, you may want to loosen up a little bit because my plan is for this place to be drunk when we're done. In fact, you may want to apologize in advance for stepping on somebody, trampling on somebody because you came to a Pentecostal church tonight. I know you came to a maybe center. You came to ORU. But you have come to a one God, tongue-talking, apostolic, aisle-running, pew-jumping church. It's time for somebody to leave here full of the Holy Ghost. I don't feel conference on me. I feel home church on me. I feel like just shaking this thing from the top to the bottom and seeing what God will do. Reach over and shake your neighbor and say, you better loosen up because it's about to get on in just a minute. I grew up, you may be seated in the Pentecostal church. Now what that means, in case you slipped in tonight, what it means to be Pentecostal is that we have experienced what happened on the day of Pentecost. Is there anybody that's glad you're Pentecostal tonight? You see, we're not just Pentecostal in title. We are in action Pentecostal. What I mean by that is we still speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. See, we've come to a day where you can be Pentecostal and not talk in tongues. I know wherever I speak, I graduated from an Assembly of God seminary. And they told me in class at the Assembly of God seminary that only 4% of their converts speak with tongues. 
So they claim to be Pentecostal without being Pentecostal. You ain't in one of them churches tonight. At any moment, somebody may break out talking in other tongues because we still are Pentecostal. And we are an apostolic Pentecostal church because we baptize in the only saving name, Jesus Christ. Is there any one God, young people, that are glad you know the name of Jesus? Are you glad you've been baptized, buried with him in baptism in the name of Jesus? There's only one name given among men whereby we must be saved. Now, I don't know about you, but I woke up this morning. You may be seated. I had a, I had a, a card under my door telling me about what I was supposed to do. It had the right scripture, but the wrong interpretation. There's a group that's actively working on you this week. They chased one of our preachers down in the restaurant today to rebuke him, saying that Jesus is not the name. And they said you should be baptized in the name Yeshua. Well, when I got the word of God, I was instructed to be buried with him in baptism. And I was instructed that I was to repent of my sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus. But I was not given a Hebrew dictionary with that. I was simply given the book in the language that I spoke. You see, that was the problem with religion a long time ago. They didn't want the people to read it in their own language. They wanted to be just for a few elite few. God never intended for you to learn a new language called Hebrew for you to be able to pronounce it a certain way. It's the name of Jesus in your tongue. If you were to go to Israel where they were to speak Hebrew, they would say, if your name is Mikael, that means Michael in English. If they would say Moshe, that means Moses in English. If they said Isu, they're speaking Greek, and that meant Jesus. If they're speaking Hebrew and they Yeshua, it's the same name as Jesus. Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9 said, They sung a new song. Thou art worthy and hath redeemed us to God. Shout God by the blood. But notice it went on to say out of every kindred and tongue. In other words, it was going to be in every tongue, the message to that people. It don't matter if it's Chinese or Cantonese or Hebrew or Aramaic or English. His name is Jesus. That ain't good enough. We'll go back to the beginning. Acts chapter 2. We do hear them speak in our tongue. The wonderful works of God. Just thought I'd slide that in. They're going to get bold. I'm going to get bold back. 
If you speak Spanish, it's Jesus. If you speak English, it's Jesus. I'm glad to tell you, I have a name that is above every name. And that name is Jesus Christ. You may be seated. See, that's the way we roll. You show up, we go back. You draw a line in the sand, we'll step over it. We're not intimidated by your false doctrine. We're not intimidated to be apostolic Jesus name people. We're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it's the power of God unto salvation. Oh, I feel my help coming on right now. I, I also grew up because I'm Pentecostal. And I found out that there were some distinctives to being apostolic. Apostolic in doctrine and living and dress and conversation. What I wore and what I said and what I watched and what I saw and what I read. That's all a part of being apostolic. Speaking in tongues, in Jesus' name, baptism and holiness of dress and separation and separation from the world. That's still apostolic. Apostolic hasn't changed. But there was also another distinctive marker about being an apostolic Pentecostal. Was that we were a worshiping church. In fact, you never knew what would happen when you got to church. Because Pentecostal people are crazy. Because when they get to feeling what's in this room and they get to remembering where they used to be, they're liable to come unglued on you. They may be in the middle of a sad song and get to run in the aisle because when they think about the goodness of Jesus and all he's done, something begins to happen. So we got, we got the name. We got the name called Holy Rollers. That was kind of humorous to me, holy rollers, because I've seen people lay down the floor and start rolling. That, that, that ain't where that came from. That's just, I don't know, that's just crazy stuff. That, that, you know where that came from? That came from Azusa Street. If you've ever been there, you ever, you ever been, well, actually it was before Azusa, at a place called the Bonnie Bray House. If you've ever been to the Bonnie Bray House where the Holy Ghost fell out in Los Angeles, you can be seated, I'm going to be a minute. It's on the side of a hill. And the front yard is only about as from here to that front row, but it's not flat. It's like this, even to this day. And you got the little house and the little porch, and then you're down in the street, the Bonnie Bray Street. And what happened when the Holy Ghost got to moving, so many people started packing in to that little house. They were standing out on the porch and leaning in through the windows. And the wave of the Holy Ghost would hit. And they'd get to shouting and they'd forget there's on the side of the hill. They'd step off and roll down the hill into the street, get back up and climb back up. And the newspaper reporters started calling them the Holy Rollers. Then we got that crazy stuff called aisle running. I know it don't make sense. People just running. Nobody's even chasing them. But I'll tell you where that came from. 
that came from the African-American community. Because they were allowed to have church even though they were slaves. But they were not allowed to dance because that was carnal. And so what they had learned was they were not allowed to do anything where their feet crossed. But the slave owners would allow them to march in place. And as they would begin to march, they'd get to going faster and faster. So you don't look at me and tell me I can't run. I've been made free. I can run. I've got freedom. I can celebrate. I'm an apostolic Pentecostal. Because Pentecostal find a way. We'll roll down and get back up. We'll run around. We just want to pray. Then we got some shouters. Is there any young people that are still shouters? Some of y'all, the last time anybody shouted was at the business meeting. There ought not be one Pentecostal service where you don't shout out and just praise God. Is there a generation of shouters that still shout with the voice of triumph? Amen. We can get crazy. In fact, I get a little nervous when we haven't got crazy in a while. Y'all maybe see that. I know about I know about shouting and dancing, and I know about Sunday night when the choir get to singing. I was growing up, the choir. We always way in my church. We had growing up. We had two songs out of the hymnal for everybody that was in that. You know, it's all in Him. It's all in Him. And then we'd have that interlude and we'd make the announcements and then we'd take the offering and on Sunday night we were a Sunday night church Pentecost and Sunday night just kind of go together like white on rice and and we my daddy we always had two choir songs and it was usually a slow one first and then the fast one and about halfway through the second one me and my buddies, we had learned, you know, if we really shout, there may not be no preaching. Oh, y'all don't know about that? All the Pentecostal kids know what I'm talking about. Get to that second course. Come on, guys, y'all got to get with it. Daddy's too long-winded. We're going to have to shout tonight. Ah, I wish we had some young people that still love to shout and dance. My senior year, my senior year in high school, I, I, was, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do, and I, I, I loved politics. It was something I loved. My uncle was an assistant, some big wig in the state, and so I got a job working for the state assemblyman. And, man, I was looking at all this cool stuff and all these cool people. And, and so I would go to work. I'd get out of school and go to work at the at 
at the Capitol or at the office and had this whole cool thing. And they found out, uh, well, you go to church. And so my immediate boss, his name was Ron Akers. Ron, Ron came in and he, he liked, he noticed apostolic women were pretty. So he wanted to come to church. He wasn't real spiritual, but he wanted to come to church to see one of those apostolic women instead of all them hoochie mamas he'd been running around with. Well, he came to church. And I had forgotten that that Wednesday night, my dad had made an announcement that it was communion and foot washing service. I completely forgot. And we were on about the fourth row, and there was a long, long two-section church. And I was on that about the third or fourth row, and Ron was sitting beside me. And we had normal service and went to the offering and, and sang the offering song. And my dad did this little sermonette for Christianettes. And, and it was kind of cool. I'm thinking, yeah, this is all right. You know, we're, this is kind of cool. We're just kind of getting through this, and maybe he'll come back. You know, it's all kind of cool. And uh, then my dad said, why don't we all pray? And so we just reverently bowed, bowed our head. And, and my dad said, this time we're going to prepare. We're going to go into the communion and foot washing service. And I went, oh, my God. <laughs> of all nights for Ron to come. So being the wise steward of this mystery of godliness, I turned to him and said, this would be a good time to leave, dude. He said, what, church over? I said, uh, kind of. He said, I understand the communion, but did he say foot washing? I said, uh, yeah. He said, I'm staying, dude. I got to see this. So my dad started doing that communion talk, you know, and preparing everybody and, and uh, you know, that, and, and I, I, I wasn't feeling God. I'm just going, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> and y'all know what happens when people get to discern in the Lord's body. And that spirit starts moving through and people get to think about what God's done and how he's died for them. And then it dawned on me who was sitting right behind us. Sister Moro. Sister Moro's kin to the Brister family. I think there's a Brister in every redneck church in Mississippi. But Sister Moro didn't understand that that was a politician boss that was supposed to be calm, cool, and collected. She forgot about all that because she was Pentecostal. And when she got to remembering about the sacrifice and the giving of his life, suddenly she started going, I was going, no, 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 no. Because I knew what was coming. It was going to get louder. And it was going to get louder. And about that time she went, Ron said, what was that? And he headed for the door. Let me tell you something. I'm not ashamed to be a one God Pentecostal. Man, I remember dodging bobby pins. 
You have to have that if you have long hair. I remember ties getting loosened. Jackets coming off. Hairdos whipping in the wind. We went home looking like we'd been in a fight. Young people carried out drunk. Some of y'all ain't never even seen that. Some of y'all, you don't need to loosen your tie. You need to loosen your pants. That may be why you ain't shouting or ain't dancing. Hey, if you can't shout without holding your skirt down, you need a longer skirt. If you can't lift your hands without your belly button showing, you need a longer blouse. When you come to a Pentecostal church, you're supposed to be... You're supposed to be able to dance, to run, to leap, to jump, to run. Holiness is about my worship. But I begin to notice time went by the pull for acceptance started getting a hold of even the Pentecostal church people wanted to fit in kind of like Israel wanted to be like all the other nations I began to notice we started copying their music we even kind of started copying their preaching And we kind of started wanting to look like them. Let me me just talk. I know you're walking. Did y'all know that Christianity is dying in America? Just listen, okay? In case you didn't know it, Christianity in America is dying. Say, well, how's it dying? I see all these mega churches. You know, they did a study from churches in 2010 and churches in 20 uh, are in 1950 in America. Did you know there are less people in church today? There's just more mega churches. What that means is they all just left the little church and went to the big one. But less people are going to church. So they did a they did a poll. You may be seated if you can, young people. You stand up, do you stand up all night long? Whatever you feel like doing. Or you can just sit down right there. Brother Harold, I didn't know you was here. That crazy wild man right there. My first revival wasn't at a church because none of y'all pastors wanted me. I preached my first revival for that man right there. He wasn't even a pastor. He was in charge of the nursing home ministry. Remember that? My first revival, I preached for Harold O'Reilly. And I knew we was having a move of God when everybody started going. They did a poll. They wanted to see how many people said they go to church. And they had, they had the numbers that came back as they polled America just a couple of years ago. 
And the numbers came back that 44% of Americans said, we go to church on Sunday. But the Pew Research Institute said, that don't seem right because we've been looking at Sunday school roster numbers. So they went back and interviewed people and said, how many actually went this year? And the numbers came back in 2010 that it was only 17%. In Europe, it is now under 9% that go to church. Christianity is dying in America. The reason I bring that up is I got a question for all you apostolics. Why then are we trying to copy something that's dying? I don't want to sing like them. It ain't working. I don't want to preach like them. It ain't working. But I'm looking around and Pentecost is working. Pentecost is working. They're getting the Holy Ghost. They're coming to church. I still got church on Sunday night. I'm still dancing. I'm still shouting. I'm still praising God. Pentecost works. Why would I imitate something that ain't working? I'm almost done. I got to look at the Word of God and say, okay, cool. That's all fun. We're growing, exploring. I grew up that way. Let's see if it's right. What does God expect from me? You may be seated. Look to your neighbor and say, what does God expect from you when it comes to worship? Psalm 149 and verse number 3 says, Let them praise His name in the dance. Let them sing praises unto Him with the timbrel and harp. But I can't stop there. I want you to look at verse number 4. For the Lord taketh pleasure in His people. I don't know if you got what I just showed you. Let's just be honest. We like to watch people dance. Oh, don't act like you don't. That's why Michael Jackson was so famous. I mean, we love somebody that's got rhythm. We love to see it. You know where we got that? Because we were made in the image of God. And God takes pleasure at seeing people dance. Hold on, hold on. The problem ain't dancing, it's where and who you're dancing with. God don't get no pleasure out of you doing the moonwalk, baby. God gets pleasure out of you getting an altar and dancing at the house of God. You know where God is? He's looking at the dance floor right now. He's wanting to see if you're dancing. Because he takes pleasure when you get crazy. He takes pleasure when you're praising. His eye is on you. He takes pleasure. While we're saying, boy, I hope he preaches good. I hope the choir sings good. You know what God said? I hope they dance tonight. I hope they get with it. I hope they cut a rug. I hope they have a Holy Ghost party. What I found out, I'm skipping over this. I found out that there's a pattern to this thing. Here's what it is. 
When God performs, you celebrate. God does something good, you celebrate. When God answers your prayer, you dance. David gets an answer from God. Ark's coming back. Ark returns. David dances. I'm just skipping over this because we've got to have dance time. Luke 15. The story of the prodigal. Y'all remember that? Elder brother's out running the farm. He comes back. The Bible says, as he came near and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. The way the older brother knew something was going on is he heard the music and saw the dancing. I want to ask you, does the world know what's going on? Or are you just sitting there and acting like a knot on a log? Or when you get to your church, do you come dancing? Do you come praising? Do you come singing? It ain't enough to say you're one God. It ain't enough to say I got the Holy Ghost. You got to come with a dance in your shoes. Because God takes pleasure in your dance. Well, you know what we do? There's a a lot lot of our worship, what we call worship, that don't involve really any of us. It's just action. We, do, we, got the, we got the arm raising thing down. Oh, and this is the one we got. Well, we know how to do that. Y'all know something? Y'all know the word clap is only found six times in the Bible? And only one time is it in reference to worship. That's where it said, oh, clap your hands, all you people. All the other times is, is, is one time the floods clap and the trees clap. And all the other ones are where people are mocking and go, go look it up yourself. But boy, we, we, we just, boy, clapping's our thing. I got more scripture for dancing than clapping. We're, we're almost there. What are you doing? I'm stirring the natives is what I'm doing. I'm just pouring gasoline all over this auditorium. Because in a minute, it's fixing to go stark raving crazy with a bunch of apostolic young people. Last night, we heard about how bad the world was. And we needed to defy it. Defy the decadence. Then today we heard about how we got to get right with God and set a new precedent. Sound like a Holy Ghost rap. Well, tonight, it's just crazy. Brother Young, you're just, you're just trying to rile them up. Yeah, I am. I am. I don't make no bones about it. See, the evildoers... I want you to think about everything that's ever happened to you that's been wrong. I want, to think about, I want you to think about everything that the devil has done to trip you up, 
The brokenness of your life, the brokenness of your home, your parents splitting up, the mistakes you've made, the sickness in your body, your sister's battling a disease since she's a child. I want you to think of all the bad stuff that's ever happened to you. And I want you to think about the fiery trials and the arrogant evildoers and all those people that have lied about you and gossiped about you. Do they still do that? I mean, in my youth group, they used to gossip about people. And lie about people. I want you to think think about all that stuff. I want you to think about how dark it has been. And the fog you've had to deal with. And the issues that have come up against you. And then I want you to hear the word of God that said the sun is going to rise. The sun is going to rise. And darkness will give way to the dawn of a new day. I've come to tell somebody it won't always be that way. Here's the end. He said, but unto you that fear my name shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. Shout, grow up as calves. Y'all didn't shout it. Look, you never say when the cows begin to grow. Now, I got a father-in-law who's a doctor and Mr. KJV himself. I'll repent later. Because the English don't fit right there very good for my simple understanding. It says grow up as calves. Say grow up as calves. Now, Habakkuk chapter 1 and verse 8 uses this same idea. But it's in reference to horses. So we got horses and we got calves. But the indication of the original language has to do with galloping horses. And one translation says it this way. Shall go forth and frolic like a well-fed calf. Another one says leaping like a calf that has been let out of a stall. What the Bible is telling you is when you see God work a miracle, when you see God answer prayer, you ought to come out like a galloping horse, like a calf that has been let loose out of the stall. Come on. I'm not talking about this. about Pentecost where you start dancing but it ain't cool it ain't collected you ain't thinking about what I hope I got it right I'm talking about where the only thing that matters is you're free I've been set free I'm galloping like a horse I'm running like a calf that's been let loose out of a stall we need some Pentecostal young people that aren't afraid to give God crazy praise
preaching. It's time for a Holy Ghost party to start. I want you. I know you may have to do it straight up. But I wonder when's the last time you really gave yourself to abandonment. I am so tired of copycats. I mean, it seemed like every new praise and worship song. Oh, don't go there with me. I, I, I get in more trouble over music than any of y'all. I got whole forums devoted to me and my music. At least it ain't UFOs, though. Have y'all noticed nobody knows how to say me anymore? May. And everybody copies these people. I mean, it's like they learn a new language. He say May. May is a month. But what we got is we got Pentecostals that have been listening on their iPod and viewing YouTube and suddenly they're picking up a dying religion and they're wanting to copycat it and they can't even get lost in worship because they want to make sure they got their hand just right and pointing just right, singing just right. What we need is some Pentecostals. What we need is some apostolics that say it's me, oh God. I love you. You. I can, come on, young person. I dare you right now. Quit copying and start praising. Quit copying and start losing yourself in abandoned worship. It's time for the cows to grow up. It's time to get out of your stall. It's time to get out of the corral and start frolicking and start galloping and start running. Come on, I dare you. Some of you ain't there yet. I got 500 right here, but I need another 500 back there. Bradley, me and Bradley was in a church service. Brother Marks was preaching. I'm going to get us in trouble. Right we was in a service and Brother Marks was preaching. And he was preaching good. And nobody was responding. And me and Brother Phil were standing there saying, my God, this is the deadest place we've been in. Am I telling the truth? He said, we got to do something to tear this place up. Brother Marks was up there just preaching. Bradley said, I think I'm going to run up on the platform and cut a flip. I said, you ain't got the guts. He said, hide and watch. They had a box of invitations. Street service the next day. I'm not very good at flips. But I figured I could do the confetti. So while Brother Marks was preaching... Bradley and I snuck up on that side of the platform. We came up from over there. And Brother Marks was preaching, fighting devils, and they're just looking at him. And all of a sudden, I don't know, it just got on me. I just said, I'm tired of this dead church. And I took that box. And about that time, Bradley, can you still do it? Some 
Sometimes you just gotta stir it up. You just gotta break out of your box. You just gotta do something you've never done. Break the chain. Break the chain. Break the chain.